As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Joined now by Max Olson, the Portal Authority. And Max and I were just going to talk about this story that we teamed up on that you can read on The Athletic right now. But then on Sunday, something happened. There was a picture posted, and we got to talk about it because, (laughs) Max, indirectly, it does relate to our story as well. It's definitely, I mean, canonical to the podcast that you run, Andy. Yes. Well, we have to talk about the picture, the subject of the photo, uh, who took it, whose Instagram feed it wound up on, all that good stuff. So Jordan Addison posts a photo. This was on Instagram, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. It, it is most definitely from Lincoln Riley's pool. Why do we know it's from Lincoln Riley's pool? Because on this show, we took a very detailed tour of Lincoln Riley's house, thanks to uh, a real estate ad from from several years ago. Yeah, it, it, I, I, I saw this picture, so I was flipping through. If you want to find his Instagram, it's... She loved Jordan with two ends. Uh, Jordan Addison, you know, posted posting some pictures from his uh, trip out to to Hollywood, and uh, there was one flipping through it that stood out to me. It was a sunset uh, view, I believe. If folks want to flip through his photos, it's the second one, sunset view uh, from Lincoln Riley's backyard. And um, I'm surprised Ari hasn't like Kool Aid Man barged into this uh, podcast in the middle of this. Oh conversation. yeah. You should you you could just ring him up right now. I bet he would have some thoughts. Uh, he he would. Now there's a peacock float there that I believe is available at Sam's Club right now for for a re- relatively reasonable price because nice size uh, blue peacock float. Yep. Yeah, we yep. have the the we have the flamingo and the pineapple and the unicorn of okay. the same uh, of the nice. same ilk, and they are very very nice floats. So. But yeah, this this view is uh, this view is incredible. The question is, will Jordan Addison? I don't think he's going to sleep on Lincoln Riley's couch. My guess is he lives probably a little more near USC if he decides to go there. But Jordan Addison, the reigning Blitnikoff Award winner, he is leaving Pittsburgh. He is going to go somewhere. We saw photos uh, of him. I, I believe he had a, ra- a box of raisin canes, chicken fingers. I as he overlooked. That. I mean, I don't know yeah. how long you want to go on this podcast, but I have some thoughts on on that that. Uh... That hint he also dropped from his uh, 
his visit to yes trip as he overlooked the austin skyline so that's yep. the visit to texas where uh his former receivers coach brendan marion who was the receivers coach at pittsburgh last year is at texas now uh alabama supposedly in the mix as well what why would a receiver want to transfer to Alabama? I mean, that 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 never works. Oh wait, that I, I don't know, works. Andy. If Nick Saban misses the parody of college football, then why would he recruit Jordan? Atkins? <laughs> Does it, is it possible that he misses the, the, the version of the parody that he that won him every national title? Like, is is that what he's missing? Uh, he just he just he shrugs and says, "You people leave me no choice. I guess I have to add a Bolitnikov receiver to my team." Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, this view is pretty spectacular. That's pretty hard yeah. to beat. That that's, that's better a, than the skyline in Austin. It it and and as Ari would say, and better than the one in Norman, probably the you know the backyards they've got in Norman. But I don't want to go there. We're not trying to dunk on it. Um, I, this it does like I guess we're kind of dancing around it, Andy. If if you if you were Jordan Addison's uh you know life coach, he called you up and said, "Where should I go?" Alabama of, of my three schools here. Um, Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> Go to Alabama. Period. End of story. Yeah. Let's let's see how many first round receivers Alabama's produced. Let's see how many. Now, USC did just produce one. Mm-hmm. In fact, Drake London was the first receiver off the board. That's right. But Alabama mm-hmm. has had a lot more recently. So uh, I'm going to say Alabama. Texas has not really produced a lot of anything in terms of the NFL draft. So I'm going to say not them. Yeah. So, and look, Jordan Addison is going to get drafted. We know that, but who's going to put you in the best position to be a star right now? Well, Alabama's going to put you in the best position to be a star right now. Yeah. I, I think that's probably kind of the no brainer choice for a guy like him. That is really just looking to increase value. It was funny to me when, when Dane Brugler put out his first 2023 mock and obviously we don't, hold people accountable on on you know the first mock of you know a 12 month period or whatever but he had uh jermaine burton ahead of jordan addison in his deal and uh you know i wouldn't say that they've had equal careers to this point but part of it is probably just sort of anticipating that opportunity at alabama playing with bryce young is uh you know going to give you a chance to to you know bring out the full potential yeah it, it is a really interesting situation there now i the question is is Alabama's receiver room too full at this point? Because Jermaine Burton's not the only high-profile transfer they've gotten this offseason. Well, yeah, Tyler Harrell also come, came in from uh, Louisville. And, again, another player that's got um, fantastic measurables, doesn't really quite have the resume so far in college, but he's going to Alabama, and you think that, terms of a usage deal there um they're, they're gonna find a way to, to to um you know get the vertical game going with him so interested to see how how you know kind of how he fits into that room that otherwise is you know i think relatively young that was the thing about texas though that i found a little bit like the connection to, to brennan marion obviously makes a ton of sense but um you know texas and usc have both uh added to that receiver room uh via the portal this offseason uh texas taking um, you know, Isaiah Nair, who I think has a chance to be, you know, one of the better really good. In the Big 12. They also yeah, have really Xavier Worthy, the the rare, yep. like, guy who got signed out of high school who's really good at the school that he was signed who, out of high school right. to. Right. Yeah, guy probably should be playing at Alabama, but signed with Michigan, changed his mind, went to Texas with, with Sark. But, 
um, yeah, they've they've got a lot of talent there, and they added a Jai Hall as well, which is an interesting kind of wild card. Speaking uh, of Jordan Whittington, when he's healthy, really talented. So uh, the, the Texas piece of it, I I wouldn't rule out that he could go to Texas, and and even in you know I think that there's some when he was on Texas's campus, I think there was some confidence that they've got a real shot here. I think the thing that you wonder is, does he? Does he bump Texas up a win or two? I'm not sure, and I'm not knocking the player, obviously, but in terms of their situation and where their weaknesses are, I don't, I don't really feel like receivers one of them. Well, we also we don't know the quality of the person throwing him the ball. Yeah. Uh, well, we've seen Hudson Card play. We've never seen Quinn Ewers play, so we we don't really know how that's going to work out. Caleb Williams and and Bryce Young, much more known commodities. Bryce Young being the better of the two last year, but Caleb Williams showing a very high ceiling. So potentially, you know, he, he could be a Heisman type quarterback as well down the road. So you got that piece of it. Now, Alabama's got a better offensive line than both of those. Yep. The quarterback who will throw to you will have more time at Alabama. That's that. That is not even up for debate. So do you think about that? Does that matter? Also, Max, this is not a, this is a question we, we've just gotten to this. The internet would have already given us some dollar amounts that probably are bogus mm-hmm. already. Yep. But uh-huh. does the amount of NIL money come into play here? Is it is it just highest bidder, or would you do you counterbalance that and the potential for a a higher draft pick, more money from whatever NFL team picks you? Well, okay, so let's do that as that thought experiment. And I'm not saying that this is is the case with Jordan Addison, but you could kind of see this being you kind of see this being the the three the three uh doors you could could go through. You know, door number 1, <laughs> let's make a deal. Yeah. So door number 1, let's say Texas is the one offering the most money. I don't I'm we're just speculating it, here. We don't speculating, know. Speculating. But let's say Texas is offering the most money. Let's say USC is offering maybe the best lifestyle, not to knock Austin, but maybe you're not going to Tuscaloosa now, son. Watch out. (laughs) And uh, you've seen the views in Tuscaloosa. I've never been to Tuscaloosa in my life. I'm afraid to admit that on this podcast, but that's that's just the case. Neither has Ari. I've spent much, much time there. I can confirm there is no view in Tuscaloosa that matches what what Jordan Addison posted. I mean, they've got raising canes, I'm sure. Right. That's, that's good. I can't remember if they have a cane. Now they they? have a Guthrie's Guthrie's is the OG Uh chicken tender restaurant. So that's pretty critical. Like that, that matters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and Texas has a, well, Texas has a Texas Roadhouse, which is to you one of the most important restaurants <laughs> in the world. Among other restaurants in Austin. Yes, that's true. Former former Austin <laughs> resident, Max Olson. Um, let's say door number three, Alabama is, I don't know if you want to call it rings or you want to call it, you know, sort of like top 10 pick, like kind of max, 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 you know, maybe per, I don't know. I think they all give you good, like good development over your final season in college, but let's say Alabama is the ring slash kind of prestige, uh, you know, playoff run kind of uh, door. I, you know, for a guy that's already you know kind of been to the top a little bit in terms of winning a conference title and and you know win the trophy as the best receiver in the country, um, you know, I, I imagine what he what he picks will sort of probably tell us what he prioritizes. Um, but I don't know. I think for for a guy in his position, again, I would ask you like, does that change the answer for you at all or is is it for a guy like him is it just 
you know, clear cut, go get as much money as you can as, as, a, as a, a pro draft pick, not a, in terms of NIL. See, I don't, I don't know him. That that's the thing. I think you, you need to know the person before you can make that prediction. But I, I do just from talking to coaches who've been dealing with players on the transfer market and high level recruits coming out of high school, the high school kids are more about what do I get now? The transfers are more about how do I set myself up? Yep. So yeah, that, I'm, I'm sure role is a big, you know, I've, I've talked about this from the start with Jordan Addison. I mean, when you are coming off the season, when they threw you the ball 145 times, you probably want to go to a school that, you know, can at least throw it to you uh, at a rate that's pretty close to that. Now, Alabama does feature guys, but we just mentioned they just took, they, they already took two transfers like this because that's what Jamison Williams was doing. Jamison Williams would have been a very high draft pick had he stayed at Ohio State. He would have put up great numbers at Ohio State, but he's looking around. He's seeing Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith. I mean, and Jigba. do you think he's do you think he's putting Jackson Smith and Jake on the bench last year? That's a great question. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's why know. he leaves. That that's why right. he left. Right. But at Alabama, he was the featured guy. I mean, John John Mechie and him kind of played different roles. Yeah. But there was definitely a, a featured aspect to it. And Alabama has done that. You think about the Nick Saban era. There's been kind of a guy who's been fed. The only year it really wasn't like that was when they were so absolutely loaded. This was when Waddle was healthy, Devontae Smith's a junior. Um, you know, they, they were just they had Judy and Ruggs still. Devontae Smith actually led them in, in receiving yardage that year. That was one of those where it was just, you know, pick whoever you want to throw to. But yeah. I, in, in most cases, you look, you know, the guys that have been first round receivers at Alabama have been very much featured. Calvin Ridley was very much featured. Julio Jones was very much featured. You know, that they, they you will be the guy. Well, and I don't think that I mean, let's not forget last time out here for Bama. I mean, I don't, I don't think Nick Saban or anyone in that office is going to sit around and say, "Well, I'm not sure we need him." Like, right? You just went if through they a got a spot, they'll take him. Yeah. Well, you, you just went through a national championship where your two top receivers were not on the field. Mm-hmm. This is true. Big, big, big difference. And uh, you know, the guys that stepped up for them didn't didn't you know didn't perform. So yeah, I'm I'm sure that I I joke about the parody line from last week, but. Um, I'm, if, if they can get them on campus, I'm sure that, uh, you know, they're going to be in, in pretty good shape here. And I, it, it's Jordan Addison, right? I mean, this is the kind of thing you talk about with quarterbacks. Like if you can get them, then, you know, it doesn't really matter who else you've got. Yeah. And you know where the view is spectacular in Tuscaloosa? Where's the that? coffee table in Nick Saban's office where they keep all the rings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, I now putting, putting it all that way. Like, can he go wrong? No, no, he's he's in a good spot any way you look at it, because the other two, Texas or USC, he is probably going to definitely be definitely be the the featured guy. Oh, the Texas. I mean, you had the situation with Xavier Worthy after Jai Hall got there and, you know, making sure the NIL deals were straight and that sort of thing. I, I do wonder. I don't know. Is that locker room stable enough? to add another star at that at a it's it's crazy at a position where they're actually in, in pretty good shape like one of the few where they're in pretty good shape and then USC I think they're they're going to take anybody they can who's got who can play at that level 
and say, look, you know, we, we want to win here. So, you know, you, we're new as a coaching staff. You guys may think you're, you're hot stuff, but we're just going to play the best guys in Alabama. Well, you know what they're going to say. We're going to play the best guys and the best guys are going to be first round draft picks. So there you go. Yeah. in Alabama, yeah, you can, you can also, you certainly have the sell here that like, you know, ask Jalen Waddle or so, ask any of these guys, you know, Jerry Judy, if these guys got enough touches, you know I mean? It's, it's it certainly enough to get you in the first round. So, um, and, and Burton's an interesting, you know, wild card too, just in general, like, can he go out and be one of the best receivers yeah. in the SEC this year? Cause maybe he could have, if he, maybe he would have already, if he could have at Georgia, cause right. Georgia needed that. Yeah. It wasn't like Georgia. Now Georgia did feed Brock Bowers a lot because Brock Bowers is special. But my guess is Georgia would have been thrilled yeah. if a receiver would would Ta- have I been mean, able talented to, room. They're not yeah. recruiting bad athletes at receiver at Georgia right. for sure. But you know, have you have have they had all conference level production there? No. Yeah. I mean, George Pickens was the best physical sure. specimen of a wide receiver at Georgia, but he was hurt most of last year. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's a very interesting situation, and I'm I'm fascinated to see what he chooses because, and, and again, this is we've said this a few a bunch of times on the podcast. I feel for Pitt because there's nothing you can do in this situation. There's nothing you can do. the 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 way everything has changed has made it very difficult to keep this guy. Because maybe keeping the the coaches, you know, Mark Whipple, the OC who's at Nebraska now, and Brennan Marion, maybe yeah. that would have worked. I don't know. It may still not have. So, well, you know, and that's where you have to wonder. Okay, did you know? Did he go through spring and and feel like Slovis was not, you know, maybe the right fit in terms right. of where he needs to be? And that's the other piece of which we didn't really talk about either. Is, um, you know, Bryce Young's Bryce Young. You know, you know he's going to do this here. It's the Caleb Williams and and uh, well Hudson Card slash Quinn Ewers part that yeah. you know it's pretty fascinating. I mean, and I'm sure even that. I'm, you know, it's like you're not like you're going to go work out when you go on these official visits and stuff. But I'm sure that's something Jordan Jordan Addison and his camp have to be like very curious about. It. And like, all right, what what can we legitimately expect this fall? Probably, you know, you, you're expecting fireworks from Caleb Williams this year. Texas, I we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I guess we don't you're know kind of betting Texas on scheme more than player there a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we don't know what Texas is going to be. We we know what Oklahoma's offense, or excuse me, what I said Oklahoma, what USC's offense is going to look like. Because we've seen Caleb Williams running Lincoln Riley's offense before. So yep. we, we get that. Now, will Caleb Williams have grown a little bit? That, I, I would assume he has. He showed flashes of absolute brilliance. And then there were times when you're like, whoa, no, 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 don't do that. But that's <laughs> that's the freshman. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But it's, it's going to be fascinating. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a... 
real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. And I, I said that this situation dovetails with our story that appears in The Athletic on Monday. And it's a story we've been working on for a while. Uh, you have been just basically neck deep in a spreadsheet of coaches. As, as I as I want to do when it comes to yes. stories at The Athletic. I love, I love building a good spreadsheet. So you and Bruce Feldman did a great story last year where you tracked how many job changes came as a result of the Egg Bowl that essentially got the Ole Miss and Mississippi State staffs fired at the end of Mm -hmm. the 2019 season. It was an unbelievable story. And I called you up before anybody got fired last year, or maybe Clay Helton had already been fired, but before the coaching carousel started in earnest and said, hey, we need to just pick the juiciest one each year and track how many changes. So we actually wound up picking... Clay Helton getting fired from USC, Lincoln Riley replacing him as the one we would track. And it is crazy. It it is over 250 jobs changed because USC made a coaching change. Yeah, this one was fun to to it was fun to kind of go back to that exercise. And, um, you know, it's now that we're kind of hit May, most people, not everyone, but most people have have you know, kind of found landing spots that, that left USC or left Oklahoma. Um, and then certainly there's that next ripple of it with, with this one where um, even before the season was over, Clay Helton shows up at Georgia Southern and yeah. uh, has to make decisions about who's staying on there and who's leaving. And, um, you know, he didn't really bring anyone other than his strength coach with him to, to Statesboro. So uh, that was Clay Helton also having to build a, a staff from, from scratch. And so, you know what that leads to is, uh, like you said, more than 250 total positions. Not all, not a few of them still unfilled. But um, you know, at the on-field level, the the full-time assistants, more than 80 of them, um, you know, changing jobs uh, this offseason just because USC opened up and in, in some direct or indirect way. And then um, the thing that just keeps exploding every year, Andy, is is it's you know by my count 160 people in off-field positions uh, in a, in a football staff either, you know, lose their jobs, go somewhere else, uh, convince the new coach to retain them. A um, l- lot of people, and and really the, the, the reason why we do this and find this interesting is a lot, a lot of families uh, yeah. affected when this goes on. Yeah, I go back to my first job as a beat writer covering Tennessee, and it was 2000, and I remember the, the Mike DuBose staff in Alabama got fired. 
And one of the writers goes up to Philip Fulmer when we're about to do our post-practice press gaggle and says, hey, you hear Mike DeBose got fired? And and the the writer, when they said it, kind of smiling, kind of like, yeah, you, you know, you, you got another one canned. And Philip Fulmer just stops and is like, you never, ever happy about a firing. He goes, you think of all the families. Yeah. And I, that's always stuck with me is how many different families have to move because how many kids, you know, or have to go to a different school next year because one athletic department decided to make one change. And it is, it is wild. So I talked to a division three coach last week <laughs> who has to hire a receivers coach now because USC fired Clay Helton in September. Like it, it is the, and, and the chain of events goes through like the entire power five uh, goes through the group of five. And in, in this particular case, he had lost, he had lost a receivers coach to Christopher Newport university. And which so I'd had never heard of until we did this project. That was, I that only was knew about it because art art link who I walked on with at Florida was the head coach at Christopher Newport last year and got fired. And so, so the, the, the successor for Art hires Bridgewater College's receivers coach, and Scott Lim, the head coach at Bridgewater College, has to hire a new guy. He hires Jason Barnes, who'd been at Georgia Military College, who was a former South Carolina receiver, and is like, okay, got, got the guy I need. And then because of all this stuff happening above it, Coastal Carolina loses his receivers coach to West Virginia because Travis Trickett became USF's offensive coordinator. Uh, to replace Charlie Weiss Jr., who became Ole Miss's offensive coordinator, who replaced Jeff Levy, who became Oklahoma's offensive coordinator when Brent Venables hired him after Lincoln Riley left for USC. So West Virginia. Well, and Andy, got- let's let's bring it full full circle there too. Yep. Uh, let's go back to the, go back to the Egg Bowl. Lane Kiffin oh, gets gosh. Ole Miss, and um, you know instead of taking Charlie Weiss Jr. with him to Oxford, he hires Jeff Levy away from UCF. And Charlie Weiss goes to USF with Jeff Scott, and now they're back together. It's, it is a crazy, crazy world. So, yeah, West Virginia needs a receivers coach. They hire Coastal Carolina's receivers coach. Coastal Carolina moves their tight ends coach to receivers coach, moves an offensive analyst to receiver uh, to tight ends, and then hires Jason Barnes as the offensive analyst. <laughs> and now Scott Lim at Bridgewater College in Virginia, about 10 minutes from James Madison University, pretty close to the West Virginia border there in Northern Virginia, uh, has to hire a receivers coach. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't think you asked, but um, I'm guessing he doesn't have like 300000 for that receivers coach. I don't think. He has a, he has a staff of eight. That is mm-hmm. on field and support. Uh, if you're the offensive line, co- I don't know if this is attached to the offensive line coach or this particular offensive line coach is just good at it, but you got to line the field every Monday. It's part, and, th- and that's what I find, you know, so fascinating with these stories is, is we often think about, okay, Clay Hilton gets fired and Clay Hilton, I believe the reported buyout was like 12 million or so. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, with offsets, obviously he's not making very much of Georgia Southern because of that, but you know, he collects his money um, and lands nicely and, and all that. Um, certainly the assistants, you know, have experience, have connections, are usually able to find somewhere to go, um, you know, if, if they want to or, or even stay on in some cases. It, it's those lower level folks um, and those folks just trying to climb the ladder um, that, that, you know, haven't been in this very long that 
Um, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough when you go through a coaching change and this may be the thing that, uh, you know, it's the thing you're kind of always afraid of is this, this may be the change that kind of knocks you out of the industry. If you don't, you know, you, you really do need luck and timing. And that's something that as talented as these people are that are making moves, you know, you can't uh, underestimate the, uh, importance of just, uh, you know, coincidence and right place, right time and, and luck and all that. Well, and, and you talked to a, a guy who got his dream job as the DC at, at Kalamazoo College. You talked to a guy who right. got who did decide to leave the business just so he didn't have to move his family. Yeah, Victor Cabral, the the D line coach at uh, Georgia Southern. Um, you know, he he was kind of at that crossroads in his his life at thirty nine. Um, you know, his wife's a middle school PE teacher. His kids are happy in Statesboro, and you know, he had some FCS job opportunities and just didn't feel right to try and. You know, it, it's easy to forget. Either you're moving your family, or a lot of these guys actually just move away from their family. And yeah, just, you they know, just leave them there because, and or can't sell your house. Now you can sell your house, yeah. but what can you buy? Yeah, I mean, he's like, I'm not going to live eight hours from my family just so I can keep calling myself coach. And so, yeah, uh, Vic Cabral, a uh, great guy. He he, um, you know, he landed as a sales rep at at Rydell, and uh, different world now. You got to learn all about uh, purchase orders and and uh, customer relations and all that stuff, but. Um, he's loving it. And, you know, that, I think a lot of it, it's that, that happens sometimes in this business. It doesn't mean he's out of it forever. He, he might, he might love it and find that it's a better lifestyle for him. But, um, you know, I, it's, it's really not that different from us journalists or anybody else. Andy, sometimes when you get that pink slip, you have to really think about, um, mm-hmm. you know, where do I fit into this whole thing and and what's right for our family? Yeah. And, and with a lot of these folks that they had to make that choice, a lot of them, now a lot of them, did wind up, you know, probably in a in a, a pretty good situation. I, you know, the Levy thing. He he played it or was he, he signed with Oklahoma? I think an injury cut his his time short. He was basically a student assistant there under under Bob Stoops. So he's he's back there with Brent Venables, who he worked with. So and 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 then Charlie Weiss back with with Lane Kiffin, who he worked with. Uh, Jeff Scott, the the USF coach, who had to had to replace his guy. He had. He got a little help from a rival. Rhett Lashley was the one who helped hook him up with Travis Trickett. So it's it's fun to see how all this interconnects. It's it's really crazy when you think about it. And let's not forget the Georgia Southern piece of this, I think, is really interesting because the Georgia Southern job opened the day after they're headed to a game and one of their defensive linemen is standing on top of one of the team buses and And someone throws him. Yeah. Yep. Someone throws him a beer and he smashes it. He just crushes this beer, chugs it. Not a I fireable mean, offense in my in my view. I, I think it's kind of no. kind of awesome. Like it's a little WWE crowd work. But you know, when 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 you're um when you're three and one, maybe maybe that's pretty funny to everyone. When you're one and three, not so much. Um and they played Louisiana really close. Um, and unfortunately, uh, that, that defense alignment played in the game because the coaching staff didn't find out about this video. They didn't know what happened yeah. until the next day. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 and that's kind of the, that was kind of the angle on, on the egg bowl one is, you know, you think back to Elijah Moore and not to blame it all on the kid, but, but certainly it's, it's wild how these little things end up sort of altering the, the course of history for these coaches and stuff. Um, yeah, it's. That's a wild one, and and it'll be interesting to see how how quickly kind of Clay Helton can do his thing there. Yeah, and that's a proud program. Now they've they've typically yep. you know been a triple option program. Uh, 
they haven't all they've had some times when they've moved away from it and it has not gone well. And so I, I think but now I, I I think they're probably ready for for a different vibe there. And now they love football in Statesboro. That's a that's a passionate fan base. They're very similar to Appalachian State in that way. And in fact, used to win FCS national titles like Appalachian State. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think on the, the staff building piece, that's always so interesting to me when you, we track kind of how these go, not just in December and January, but then, you know, what do they do in terms of support staff? Brent Venables is, is just building a monster staff at at, uh, at Oklahoma, just as he learned from, from Clemson, um, just an army of people behind the scenes. And I, I'm not sure they've got enough office spaces and desks for the amount of people he's brought in there so far. And then, you know, certainly the Lincoln Riley part, you know, you, he brought people with him from Norman, but um, he also, you know, used this coaching change as an opportunity to shake things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he brought, um, you know, he brought Josh Henson, uh, as his, uh, online coach and OC from Texas A&M, which forced Jimbo Fisher to, uh, make a hire. And, and he went with a, a guy who was on the waiver Steve wire, Adazio. Steve Adazio, which is going to be pretty interesting this year in terms of A&M and, and their upside. Um, you know, he had he, uh, Lincoln Riley tried to hire to shard choice. He ended up bailing for Texas. And so he took the running backs coach from uh, Utah, which could end up being, you know, a great pick, uh, Keel McDonald. And, you know, they they it's interesting. Some people stayed in Norman. Some people went to L.A., um, you know, even on the support staff, um, kind of kind of a mixed bag in terms of uh, how that Oklahoma staff of, of 2021 uh, shook out. And it's interesting because. If someone other than Riley goes to USC, different things happen. If someone other than Venables gets Oklahoma, I don't think you see nearly as many people who've been at Oklahoma before or or people who are still at Oklahoma. Because yeah. remember, Lincoln Riley succeeded Bob Stoops, who was the head coach when Brent Venables was there. So there's a lot of connective tissue there. He knew a lot of people, even if he didn't work with them, he knew he could make one phone call and assess them very, very quickly and easily. And... I do think that probably kept the number on this thing down. We'll be right back after these words. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. We had a story suggestion from somebody. This di- this didn't make our story, but uh, we did get a story suggestion from uh, from uh, a- an interested reader named Lane Kiffin. Uh, I had reached out to Lane to, to get some details on uh, some of the folks he had hired to replace people he had lost. And he said, you got to do this with players, too. And he makes a good point because <laughs> if if Lincoln Riley doesn't go to USC, there's a really good chance Jackson Dart is still the quarterback at USC. Yeah. And Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley are still at Oklahoma. So that those two are still there. And then Lane Kiffin still has Jeff Lebby, which means they probably get Dylan Gabriel, who wound right. up with Lebby at Oklahoma. But instead, yeah. Yeah. they have Jackson Dart. <laughs> And if Levy goes anywhere else, maybe maybe Dylan Gabriel's at UCLA like he initially planned. Exactly, exactly. And that that's that's the crazy part of this is 
especially with the transfer portal now, you're going to see a lot of following of coaches. And I I, I know what Lincoln Riley said, and, and I don't disagree with him necessarily, where he said, I didn't take Caleb Williams from Oklahoma. He went into the portal, and then he came... Caleb Williams has some agency in here. here. Sure. You know, he's not yeah. just getting dragged wherever Lincoln Riley goes. He could have stayed at Oklahoma. They'd have been perfectly happy to keep him. They, they would have loved to keep him. But he looked around the landscape and said, you know what? I decided out of high school I wanted to play quarterback for Lincoln Riley, and I have a chance to continue doing that, so I'm going to do that. Yeah, and, and that's I think the larger point, too, by Lane is, is probably an astute one as we head in this direction with the sport is – um, you know, USC's roster in 2022 probably looks very different depending on who you hire. Yeah, I mean, that's just <laughs> with how much they've they've changed it over and the transfers that that the Trojans have picked up. And I'm not saying all those guys end up in Norman if Lincoln Riley's there, but you know, I I think that uh, certainly Venables has had to hit the portal hard as well. And so, um, yeah, if if USC goes in a different direction, then. I mean, obviously, Caleb Williams and Mario Williams and those guys probably aren't playing for him, but you may be a totally different, you know, starring cast here in, in this upcoming season. Yeah, there's a lot of sliding doors moments during these coaching carousels. And, and Max, I hope I hope everybody likes reading this thing and we can keep doing this. We can just pick a job every year and do it because it is utterly fascinating and you get just an incredible trip through the world of college football and you also get a better sense of who these coaches are as people because a little bit, yeah. some of these decisions are not easy and they have, and sometimes they have to be made very quickly. And so one of the, I talked to somebody who was on the Oklahoma staff and you know, there were Riley had pulled some people aside before he let the whole staff know that, that he was leaving. And I don't think they all left. I don't think all those people left. I think they had the option to leave, but they didn't all leave. And and how tough is that choice when there's a plane sitting there and you can either be on it or not? We And we saw that with LSU and, and Notre Dame. We've seen it multiple times. I mean, the it, it works in multiple sports. That's the whole Texas and Texas Tech basketball thing. You know, Mark Adams didn't get on the plane yep. with Chris yep. Beard. Right, yeah. So it... I, that's I mean, a, that's I mean, that's a that's a 24 hour period where Lincoln Riley has to decide. Yeah. What are, who are the foundational pieces of my USC coaching staff and the people that don't come with you? I mean, they, yeah, they brought they brought some with them after the word. But I mean, still, yeah, it's there's it's a it's easy to forget now as you look at the spreadsheet of all these names. It, it is a pretty intense process. Yeah. Some of this stuff you have hours, sometimes maybe minutes to, to make that decision. So, uh, yeah, Max, I hope we get to do this again next year because it was very educational and uh i'm i'm just honored that you let me share your spreadsheet well hey hopefully it keeps going you know hopefully there can be your guy that has to go out scott limb uh, he, he if he steals from it, somebody else the, the chain continues right hopefully bridgewater swipes a guy um in a job and it just leads to five more people you know, changing jobs in, in June at the, the D3 or NAIA, NAIA level or wherever. It's entirely possible. It's not over yet. Hey, it, what, what, it's the Game of Thrones line. You know, uh, chaos is a ladder. That's that's what this whole story is about, <laughs> that's, basically. It's exactly right. And, and it all ends at that pool that Jordan Addison posted on Instagram. 
that's hey, that's what we're all shooting for in in in, in the coaching business. You know, there's there's lots of you talk to these guys, and there's lots of reasons why they do it and why they get into it. But yes, you do you do hope to hope to end up as the head coach of USC uh, with with a gorgeous pool and the best players in the country trying to play for you and a peacock float, that, which apparently you can own too. Yeah, that's right. Coaches, they're just like us. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. <laughs>